Hi everyone, I'm Don Antonucci, Senior Vice President of Growth at Blue Shield of California and host of Healthy Dose of Dialogue podcast, a show featuring conversations with leaders who are transforming healthcare. For this episode, I'm excited to introduce our guest, Bryce Williams, Vice President of Mind-Body Medicine at Blue Shield of California. Bryce is not only a great friend and colleague, he's also an expert on topics such as lifestyle medicine, holistic health, behavioral health issues, and telemedicine. Joining Bryce is his guest, Dr. William Farrow, President and CEO of Better Health. Together, they discuss how making simple lifestyle choices and taking a food as medicine approach can lead to better health and also prevent and reverse chronic conditions. Enjoy the conversation. I'm Bryce Williams, and your guest host today for this episode of Healthy Dose of Dialogue. Much of my career has been spent and focused on the power of simple diet and lifestyle choices, how these simple yet powerful choices on what we eat, how we move, who and how we love can not only prevent, but treat, and even reverse a host of chronic diseases. And with that in mind, I'm excited to introduce Dr. William Farrow. Dr. Farrow is a clinical innovator, digital health entrepreneur, with more than 20 years of experience in the healthcare industry, bringing consumer and business-to-business products and services to market. Dr. Farrow is the founder, president, and CEO of Better Health, a food-as-medicine approach to whole-person health whose mission is to empower individuals and families to prevent and reverse chronic diseases. Aside from that voluminous day job, he's also the host of Quacks and Hypochondriacs, a podcast about being serious, not serious about our health. In this episode, Dr. Farrow and I will discuss the better health method and how a skills, not pills, approach to medicine is just what the doctor ordered. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Farrow, and welcome to A Healthy Dose of Dialogue. It's my pleasure. What a great intro. You've got a career in this, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, face made for radio and a voice made for print, but we'll, we'll muddle through here, Bill. So to kick it off, uh, why don't we start with, with, you know, why as a physician, this field got you interested uh, to the extent that you, you decided to, to start a company and, and go out and, and try to change medicine and, and what many in the medical community would consider an atraditional way of going about it. Well, A, I'm a traditional because I'm the quack in the room. I'm the chiropractor, right? So uh, imagine, Bryce, me talking about these little microorganisms 20 years ago that can you know, do anything in your body from help you reverse diabetes to uh, reduce your anxiety. So I'm used to kind of being on that quackery side of the thing. Thus, I created the Quacks Hypochondrics podcast. And for me, it was just observation. I just kept observing people. I used to have uh, physical medicine offices inside health clubs at about 30 of them around the country. And I watched people come in there gung-ho, ready to go, flip tires in parking lots, count their calories, their shakes, and literally get nowhere. Um, And so it just caused me to look a little bit deeper into what was the main contributing factor here. And I think you said in your intro something about the word choice. Um, and, and given the choice, we would choose healthy lifestyle, but that choice has been taken from us. Our bodies have been disrupted. Our bodies have been placed in a, a dysfunction from all the emotional, physical, and chemical stress. And your body in response to those stresses actually makes poor choices or craves food or other things that pull you off a healthy lifestyle. So what got me interested in is that 
we're humans. We're incredibly resilient, industrious. This can't be our fault. This has to be something else than just, we don't know that cheeseburgers three times a day is bad for us. And uh, you know we, we, we just don't have the information or the willpower. We wouldn't have never been here, particularly as Americans and how industrial we are and how strong we are and what we do that we have no willpower and motivation. So that's what's got me interested in this is just getting out of people's way and not being smarter than the body, letting the body do what it was designed to do. In my work, I think I've found that the, the body has a remarkable power to, to heal itself if, if you just let it. And, and I'm not so sure that, you know, in, in our current society that, that we really typically see that as, as a medical intervention, right? You, you talk about choice. I, I think there's been tons of, of literature now that says, right, like willpower isn't just it. I mean, we've got the will, right? And, and we've got the skill, uh, but, but something's getting in our way. Right. And I'm not so necessarily sure that that choice has been offered to us as, as citizens and as Americans. So can you talk a little bit about kind of how this is a different choice than what we typically think about when we think about medicine, which is like either A, I got to go on a crash diet or B, I got to take a pill or C, I got to get some kind of surgery. So, so how is this choice different and, and how is that kind of empowering when you start to think about it that way? Yeah. So in, in terms of the choice part of it, so if you were to run a marathon, um, when you get done with that marathon or, or something really high endurance sport or, ath or athletic uh, contest, your body would be craving electrolytes, right? It would be craving to replenish what you just went through. And particularly in the case of a 5k or a marathon, you know, that's the extreme version of it, but your body would just be ravenous to restore your body with electrolytes. Well, the same, and this, that's because your muscles and your physiology are demanding it. Well, what about the amount of physical and chemical and emotional stress? Your body and your brain are running a marathon every single day. Uh, we were never meant to have so much stress and toxicity placed upon our bodies. Uh, and so what ends up happening is, is your adrenal glands are firing because your reptilian brain is stuck in that fight or flight mode, like it's running a marathon. So when it calms down, like at the end of the day, most humans will put on TV or some reality show just to take their mind off of it. Like for me, I'll watch anything Alaska. Uh, anything that has the word Alaska in it, I want to watch <laughs> because I just want something to take my brain off of life. And then what ends up happening is when my brain shuts down a second, that need for sodium, potassium, and sugar creeps in. So that's where those horrible cravings come from. And traditionally, we then think, well, a strong willpower will, will prevent that. Well, it's not the case. The physiology is much stronger. And to take that a step further, when your soil is off, it's like if I plant a tomato plant in my backyard, and to come back in two weeks and, and it's not grown properly, I don't start yelling at the tomato plant. I don't start pulling out instructions to give the tomato plants DNA instructions like this is how you're supposed to grow. I check their air, I check the water and I check the soil. What's our soil look like, Bryce? Right, where you take an antibiotic, your, your gut microbiome, which is a lot of the basis of a lot of the work we do, is disrupted for a year. So people can say, well, doc, I haven't taken an antibiotic you know, in a few years or a year, or maybe I've taken a lot. Okay, but did you eat meat yesterday? And I'm not saying don't eat meat, but if you've eaten something or it's been in our air, you've gotten antibiotics put into your system. We've now created these superbugs. We've thrown off all the basic chemistry to allow our bodies to function properly. So we're constantly in a state of no choice. Our body is just responding to stress because once you're in fight or flight, that reptilian brain takes over and now it's just trying to survive. And how many of us can even listen to this podcast and say, yes, I feel like mo most times I'm in survival mode. 
And so none of these other interventions that we, we say, well, here's, here's the anecdote, flip tires in parking lots, drink chalky shakes, start weighing all your food, worry about every morsel of food you put in your body, uh, punish yourself. And when that doesn't work anymore, let's put some more chemicals in the form of pharmaceuticals on the table. And then when that doesn't work, in come all the wellness gurus to tell you, no, it's this specific diet, that specific diet, let's test your poop and tell you what food you need to eat specifically. We keep overcomplicating this when all you gotta do is reset the environment and the soil that the, per the human is in and, and the body takes care of itself. For me, first of all, I'll, I'll watch all things Alaska as well as all things Hawaii. So I'm right there with you. But I, I like that analogy about the, about the soil, really, and kind of caring, caring for yourself and what you just described, that typical thing about you know, flipping tires and shakes and pills and, and that kind of consortium. That reminds me of that old adage about, hey, hey Doc, am I going to live longer? Is it just going to seem longer? Right? No amount of willpower can overcome that. So, so maybe we can take a minute and talk a little bit about you know, your approach, the better method. So, so for, for our listeners, like, what is the better method? Like, like, how is it different? What is it specifically? Yes. Uh, and then we can talk about what it's going to do. Absolutely. So ultimately, better health is a movement. And the movement is defined as saying, okay, we have a lot of humans living without ease in their life. And the Latin word for that is disease. And we realize that disease, and I'll emphasize the DIS, uh, the acronym that I'll describe stands for stress, inflammation, and doubt. So the more stress we have, emotional, physical, and chemical stress, and the chemical stress is the one that's incredibly hard to avoid, but easy to ignore. And it's everywhere. Pesticides, neurotoxins, genetically modified substances. I mean, you name it. We all know about the mental, emotional stress. And so when that stress is upon the body and upon the brain, it creates inflammation. Well, we all know that inflammation is the root cause of most of the chronic conditions. That's kind of just the physiological cascaded pathway that takes you down that road. And over time, more stress, more inflammation, in the case of, let's say, type 2 diabetes, it creates insulin resistance, which gains weight gain, which more weight or fat deposition creates more inflammation, which gets you stuck in a vicious cycle. So a physiological vicious cycle is there. And then you have doubt. You have doubt that you should feel healthy and, and you deserve help. And then you also have doubt because your brain-gut connection is, is turned off and it's creating more anxiety. So there's this internal vis, uh, vicious cycle with the human. So that's one part of it. But then there's this intergenerational vicious cycle because the members that I serve say things to me like, well, diabetes runs in my family. We're just big boned people. Uh, and if you live here in the South, they'll say, we got the sugars. Uh, so what you, what you come to find out is that people are passing on generation, generation. Well, our family just struggles mentally, physically, and even financially. So what Better Health is attempting to do is, no, it's the various amounts of stress that families and communities are on. And we can see this when we talk about social determinants of health, right? The financial stress, which is huge. We can even talk about racial stress, like growing up as a person of color and having that type of uh, stress on you. So there's a lot of stressors that are both intergenerational, of course, interracial as well. And so a lot of these folks are coming to us, not even thinking they deserve to be healthy, not even thinking that, they, that this is something that's in their control, that this is just predetermined both in their DNA and in their lineage as a, as a culture. So we're here to break that saying, if you just identify where stress is in your life, identify that it could be coming from racial issues, it could come from financial disparity, but it's also coming from chemical issues that are disrupting your microbiome and that vicious cycle inside of you. Let's just have you act micro locally to break that vicious cycle internally. So you can start to experience health, put your oxygen mask on first, 
And then your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, your kids can start to see what it's like to break that vicious cycle internally. So then it can actually go out to the family, family units. So the methodology is, okay, doc, that sounds good, but how do I break it micro locally first? How do I start? Well, I'm gonna pair you up with a coach. We're gonna come up with a food plan that works for you and for your family. If you like to cook, we're gonna give you tons of recipes that are simple and easy to work with. If you don't like to cook, we have a meal delivery system that we'll send to you. And thanks to Blue Shield of California, we've got this great pilot now where you guys are actually covering part of the food for folks and the results have just been amazing. Uh, and so we put all these resources together. If you're making recipes and let's say you have food insecurity and you have a snap card ABT, we actually can teach you how to use, use it online with Walmart or Amazon to get those meals delivered to you and use your, your benefits. So we also surround you with the resources to get this food in your body. This food is low inflammatory foods, uh, beef, chicken, steak, lobster, fruits, vegetables, clean water, and it's also gut healthy. So we're trying to do two things internally, handle the amounts of uh, physiological stress that your body's under, help you identify what foods may be causing inflammation for you. They're not the same. Broccoli for one person is great. Cauliflower for another is, is not so great. And help you come up with a plan to start on a Monday. Some of the methodology and accountability part of it works. We have them log their food into the app, take pictures. They're just taking pictures of everything, log their mood. We give them a scale. Um, we do all their personal health questions. And then that coach is working with them every single day for 30 days, Monday through Friday. The goal here is to empower them and educate them in that first 30 days so that they become part of the solution. So the method is take one individual that says, I'm ready, let's do this, get them some quick results. Most people lose five, seven, 10% of their body weight. They'll come off blood pressure medication and drop their utilization of um, insulin or cholesterol medication, obviously with the help of their doctor. And now they become the, the budding excitement in their family, as well as in your employer group. You know, we have a group from, from the food line uh, supermarkets. I think we have like 15% of their population on the program right now. It started with one person. So the methodology is to empower people in the movement, empower them individually so they can act onto their community. And then that the community reverse this runaway mental health, physical health crisis that we have, because there's not a lot enough doctors, therapists, and pharmaceuticals in the world that are ever going to get ahead of what this really needs. And that's to reset our soil and reset our internal chemistry. I'd love to follow up on a couple things you said and, and, and see if I could kind of tie them together. Uh, because often when we think about diet and lifestyle interventions, we think about weight or we think about diabetes or we think about heart disease and everything is kind of framed up in some kind of cardiovascular like focus. Like, yes, you'll get your blood sugar down. You'll get your blood pressure down. You'll get your your, your weight down, your cholesterol down, et, et, et cetera. And everything's kind of framed in this, like you ought to be doing this because, you know, you don't want to like have a heart attack or have a stroke later in life. It's, it's very kind of fear of dying versus joy of living based. But you, you've kind of tapped on some stuff. Like you mentioned the gut forward philosophy, really thinking about your gut biome, if you will. You talked about like your mental, right? Well-being as well, really talking about mind body. So it sounds like you're saying, hey, this just isn't good for losing weight and, and preventing heart attacks and diabetes. But this actually may be a holistic solution for a lot more. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what's, what's possible there? Um, and then at some point, I want to follow up on the medication reductions too. But, but what is possible if we think about a lifestyle like this? Yeah, I mean, this is about getting people's groove back. We need to say to the person, you are worth it. And whether you're an Olympic athlete or you're in, in your 70s, like we have a lot of Medicare Advantage and Medicare, 
Everyone should be able to do better help because this is really just an education process. So you can learn where stress and inflammation is affecting in your life and what foods work for you specifically. So what, what can be done is I, I know I'm, I'm judged for the, in the pay for performance space in the medical world, right? We want to see reduction A1C, blood pressure, you know, all the, the blood values, because that's something they can at least anchor to. It's a KPI, great KPIs to, to do a, a value-based care against. But what I judge myself against with my, my members is what have I done for them long-term? How have I empowered them? Because when they use this gut forward, low inflammatory process, and they learn what foods are, have been maybe holding them back that were seemingly healthy, when they learn what other stressors, like, I, you know, women always will complain to me, my husband loses weight faster. Yeah, your husband also doesn't use 18 to 19 personal care products on his skin every day, like the average American female does. So literally toxifying yourself every day. The first ingredient, in most of your skincare stuff is petroleum. You're literally putting petroleum oil all over your face. We're coating our cells. And then we're wondering why we have this dysfunction. So what's possible is health and longevity. And whether it's IBS, Crohn's, psoriasis, people with restless leg syndrome. We had a woman post on our Facebook group today, her biggest win, by the way, from your organization. So thank you for sending it to us from Blue Shield. With your help, was able to get pregnant naturally. So think about that. We can't even sleep anymore. We have no energy. Uh, uh, we, we not, we're not happy anymore. We're carrying all this extra weight and we cannot have babies anymore. The growing rate of infertility due to the inflammation and the insulin resistance. She goes through the program. Yeah, she lost weight. That's kind of a fun marker, but she's now expecting a baby in December from going through this. And everyone, and it's like in the medical world, we, we like pick our head up and go, what, how's that possible? And you're like, how is it not possible? This is a human being we're talking about. We've been so laser focused on specialty and point solution and, 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 and the mental behavioral part of it, which drives me nuts. You know, I don't care if you have Tony Robbins or Oprah in your house, giving you a pep talk every day. If you have cravings after watching the Alaska or Hawaii show, you'll drop kick them in the face to get to your salty and snacky sweets when you're feeling that way, or you're defrosting a cheesecake in the microwave. We have to get back to harnessing what's truly has been given to us, which is the power of the human and just get out of its way. Stop poking and prodding these people. Stop telling them that they need this, they need to do more of that, or they need to sit and talk to somebody about their bad relationship with food. No, they have a poor relationship with the soil and the environment that they're in, which causes a bad relationship with food. And anything's possible, fatty liver disease, diabetes to hypertension, all those markers will go away swiftly and for good once the person's empowered and educated and they can, and we can let them off the hook. It's not your fault. This fairly simple yet comprehensive yet kind of foundational intervention, right? Kind of figure out how to deal with that stress, that inflammation, the disease through, through kind of proper emotional and, and stress reduction setting and, and, you know, whole foods, uh, et cetera really are going to help everything. Like, let's not even name it a disease. Let's just call it a system. Your heart works better. Your lungs work better. Your other organs work better. You have less joint pain, you know, less stomach upset. You, you sleep better. Your sexual function is better. Your, your hair looks shinier. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, Bryce, the other thing is like, we keep talking about what people need to do to be healthy. What I look at it is, how do we allow them to express health? Think about, uh, you know, twin boys, eight-year-old twin boys walking down the street with parents. Did the parents have to say, 
you guys should start running and jumping off all the buildings and, and park benches and running around crazy. No, they have energy. So they're expressing energy. They don't have to psych themselves up to, I hope I have a lot of energy and fun today. They just go do it. All of us have that inside of us. We have just have barriers to that expression right now because of all the stress. And so once you start removing that, instead of me having to psych you into it, I say, hey, give me good uh, three good days. Because people will see our outcomes or see our reviews and say, I want that, but what pain do I have to go through to get to that outcome? So I say, give me three good days. Three days without alcohol, if possible. Three days without processed foods and, and uh, artificial sweetness for three days. If you can give me good three days, what ends up happening is when you look at the gut microbiome and the gut health, the microbiome starts to replenish itself quickly. And conversely, we see this in COVID where when someone has COVID, they show up to the hospital within 24 hours. You know, you, you usually have to have a 70 good bacteria, 70% good bacteria, 30% bad bacteria. That's the dichotomy of your microbiome. And in the case of COVID, they show up in the first day they're there and it's about 70, 30. And then by the next day, it's 90, 10 bad bacteria versus good. That's how quickly your digestive system can change when it's exposed to certain viruses and such, and it's not strong immunity. The good news is it also can respond the opposite way very quickly. It can replenish itself very quickly. So just in the first three days, people start to see, hey, without starving myself, without punishing myself, without flipping tires and parking lots, I just drank more water, ate some more fruits and vegetables, avoided some of those toxic stressors that you know we've been talking about and they'll lose two to three pounds. And they'll be cynical and skeptical at that point always. They're like, wait a minute, was that just water weight? And I'll have to remind them that I made them drink 70 to 80 ounces of water, which is four to six pounds of, of, of water weight, of water that they're drinking. And then I have them do that for week one and week two, week three. And by the end of three weeks, they've completely replenished themselves. They feel great, they're motivated. And because we've reset their digestive system, the lining changes in two weeks. Now they have a more diverse microbiome. And guess what? Their appetite comes back. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but people don't have an appetite. Wait till you see the results we have from the food pilot with those that are food insecure. 78% of them said they now their appetite came back. And that's counterintuitive. We thought the problem was their appetite. No, they just were eating once a day. But when they did, they were craving those salty potassium foods, which is causing that dysfunction in the lower amount. So what ends up happening is more diverse microbiome, the fact that they're figuring out what foods work best for them, they give you three good days. And I'm telling you, most stubborn uncle in the world, the person you're like, there's no way my uncle Mike would do this. He won't give up his scotch, right? What ends up happening is the human spirit comes through and then they start to express health. And before you know it, uncle Mike is annoying like me and he drank the Kool-Aid and now he's telling everybody, you know what you need to do? You got to follow this program. <laughs> <laughs> Albeit sugar-free Kool-Aid, maybe, but, yes. but Bill, I really like that. Uh, that give me three great days. Right? I mean, I think that's first of all something very kind of tangible people can grab onto, and I think it's really approachable too. Like, like when you talk about doubt, right? A lot of times when people think about diet and lifestyle, like, oh my God, it's just like like lifelong thing, or I got to go on a diet forever. I have to do X, Y, or Z. You're going a different direction, brother. I mean, you're essentially saying, give me three days, right? And by three weeks, you're going to feel a lot better, That's right? It. And if you've ever done other diets and other things before, trust me, in three weeks, you typically don't feel better. Right. Right? <laughs> you feel wrong out. So right. you're going to have more energy, more enthusiasm, and it kind of feeds back on itself across 
all kinds of systems because the body changes so quick. I mean, you mentioned the gut, but you know, blood sugars can reset really quickly. Blood pressures can reset really quickly. Chest pain can reset really quickly. So what I'm struck with, if you don't mind me changing a little bit, because some of our audience is, is in the kind of employer kind of traditional healthcare space, this sounds radically different to me than, than your traditional kind of, you know, wellness program or digital therapeutic that that's being pitched out in the market these days to, to employers and others looking to kind of think about, well, how do I help my employees or the population that I serve? So maybe can you hum a few bars on, on how distinctively different this is than what we've been seeing, which kind of feels same old, same old. I think it's, it's fair to say that if you would even say the word wellness program to any HR director, they'd roll their eyes and say, yeah, right. We've tried that. We've been there. We've done that. And so what I always try to explain to them is they blame the people, right? They say, well, our people won't engage. And we talk about this. How do we get engagement? How do we get engagement? All you have to do is give something that works. Uh, and I just don't think we've given programs that actually produce tangible results. This is a movement that you're adopting, not a program, not a solution for those really sick folks that you have to identify. This is for everyone to be inclusive. This is to ways to look into your own uh, workforce and find ways to reduce stress for them, to reduce that, those things that are actually putting them in this situation to begin with. But the approach from a wellness program perspective is saying, forget about our features. Everyone has an app. A lot of times people say, well, how long is the program for? I'm like, who cares? What if it's only one day and it gets the results? Do you really care how long I'm, I want to work with them? If I get my car fixed, I don't want the mechanic to take longer. I just want it fixed. Why would the body be any different? So we say adopt this movement and then watch what happens. Even if you only have a, you know, a hundred employee, a hundred employee base, everyone in the, in the, in the organization should be allowed to participate. And let's say we get those first 10 people, because it's usually that like ready state folks that are like, oh my, I can't believe I got an email about this. I was just saying I needed to do something. Those 10 people, if it produces results, and I'm talking 99% effective results, then the rest of the population who is already cynical, already skeptical, already in fight or flight mode will go, hmm, I'll have what she's having. If you do not give a program that actually produces those results, you're actually making it harder and harder for your wellness program to exist, which is what we found. It's gotten harder and harder to get people to engage. And then we try the carrot and the stick approach. They don't need a carrot and the stick approach. You're already spending money on wellness and trying to get healthy outside of your organization. You just have failed to give them something that worked. And so instead of them giving a program, we're saying, just join the movement, let the movement happen on its own because the results will drive awareness and engagement just like any good product would. If you don't mind, a couple like last minute rapid fire questions, just last minute so our listeners can get to know Dr. Bill a little bit better before we, we head off into the sunset. So um, can you maybe talk a little bit about what's your easiest healthy habit that you can do no problem hands down and, and what's one you struggle with? Yeah. So let me start with the last one. Beer. Beer is a second language. <laughs> Man, I love a beer. Uh, so what, what I would say to folks is when it comes to, they say, all right, well, you must eat healthy all the time. That's not true. What I do is I always pick my poison. So, uh, we talked a lot about when folks are going through this program, like a wedding's coming up or a vacation or birthday party, we just say, pick your poison. So if it's the Friday night and you feel like having a glass of wine, then have the glass of wine, bookend it with some water, have the beer, bookend it with some water, but then don't also have all the bread, all the pasta and sugar. Uh, so if it's a night that you say, you know what, I want to indulge in, in sugar, I want to have cake or what ice cream, then indulge in that, but then don't also add the alcohol. 
And then the same thing with bread. So if you can av avoid those, still in enjoy life, but not go through the trifecta, that is uh, something that I think most of us struggle with. I know I struggle with because I, I love a good beer. Uh, and so there's times I got to say, when you have the beer, you're like, man, now I kind of want something else bad. Uh, so that's the, that's the struggle. <laughs> Remember the trifecta. Now, the simplest habit uh, that I will give to everyone to be successful is let yourself off the hook. You have to stop blaming yourself. This is not your fault. And it's the hardest thing for me to get across to folks because all they've been sold to is fear-based selling. You just mentioned it earlier about, you know, you're going to die or you don't know, you're not flipping enough tires. You're not counting enough calories. You should be doing keto. You should be doing Mediterranean. You know, instead, just stop blaming yourself and just give your body the ability to be successful. That's the best healthy habit you get. The second one is water and an apple, one apple a day. And I know that apple a day keeps the doctor away. There's a reason for that. You take that, that insoluble fiber and it goes to your small intestines, large intestines and ferments. And that's what the good bacteria eat up. You have to feed this microbiome. You can't see them, but I'm telling you they're the most important thing. They regulate 99% of your gene expression. They're responsible for your body's serotonin and your gut. That's your body's happy hormone. No wonder everyone's walking around like a zombie land around here. So make sure you're getting some water and some extra fiber each day. And, and, and apple's the easiest way to do that. Great. Well, I think those are wise words to, to live by. I'd like all of you to walk away today with, with a couple of thoughts, right? Like I'm, I'm listening to what Bill said today. And, and one of the things that really resonates with me is, is how resilient the body is and how fast it can actually change and improve and heal if we just let it. And it doesn't require a lot of space age, Star Trek, you know, medical interventions st straight from the medical industrial complex. The solutions are right there in front of us, right? Eat right, move well, love well, sleep well, right? And, and you have this remarkably capacity to, to heal yourself and heal yourself quickly and really move from a, a place that I think, you know, Bill, you mentioned, and one of my mentors, Dr. Dean Ornish, has mentioned a lot, which is kind of moving from, from fear of dying to joy of living. So I'd like all of our listeners to, to take that away. For more information on, on, on Dr. Bill Farrell and better health, please visit betterhealth.com. Uh, and join us next time as, as we continue this podcast dialogue. This is just one of many. We hope to keep the engaging, interesting conversations going. We look forward to your feedback. Please share them, write a review on Apple Podcasts of how we're doing. We watch, we listen, um, and feel free to join the, the LinkedIn and Twitter uh, conversation as well at Dose of Dialogue or visit our website at www.doseofdialogue.com.